0: Welcome to the Active Faith Podcast, where faith meets an active lifestyle. My name is Andrew Ware. I am your host, and I am the Running Rev. This is not just any other podcast about an active lifestyle, but join us as we unpack the why behind our activity and how we connect it to our faith. I'm having conversations and exploring the journeys of others as we build a theology of self-care, exploring how we care for ourselves by being active persons in whatever way feels best for us as we seek to live out our faith. Welcome to episode 10, 10 episodes. Wow, we are finally in the double digits. My guest today is Tier Hardy. TIER is a pastor in the Virginia Conference, and TIER is coming to us today to talk a little bit about adversity when things don't go well, when we have to kind of transition our active plan or how we want to be active, and what it looks like to achieve your active goals, even when you may not be able to be active in the way that you want to. So Tear's Tears journey is one of of experiencing things that kind of set him back in one way, uh, but he has found ways to move through to continue to not only be active, but to continue to achieve his goal. So, we are going to hear Tier's journey. Tier has such a great story behind where he has been. He has done the Marine Corps Marathon, he has run Richmond, which is a favorite race of mine. Um, as you'll hear, Tier ran in 2019 Marine Corps. For those of you who have heard, that was just a, a terrible year weather wise, and you'll hear about that in this podcast. But I, I was so happy to get Tier on. Uh, for this episode so that we can continue to explore a little bit of a further discussion from last week where we talked about limitations with Deborah uh, Deborah Lewis uh, and continue that conversation and look at another story of someone else who has experienced limitations and how they have grown through those limitations. So let's dive in and let's listen to Tear's story today. All right. So today we have uh, Tear Hardy with us on the podcast. Welcome in Tear. Glad to have you with us today. Why don't we get started as we always do here on the Active Faith Podcast. Can you tell us who you are, where you are from, and how you are active?
1: Uh, My name is Tear Hardy. That's really who I am. Or my name, who I am uh, would be uh, I am a, the husband of Allison. I am Nora and Camden's dad. I uh, am a pastor in Northern Virginia, about two miles outside Washington, D.C. Fun fact, Andrew, I learned this week that the church I serve is a quarter mile down the street from when the, uh, I don't know if you get into politics on this, but when the January 6th insurrection happened, the uh, one of the group's That was one of the tourist groups that was there, stashed their ammo and their rapid response team a quarter mile from our church, about a third of a mile from my house. That's the area where I serve. It's a wonderful place to be. Uh, How am I active? Um, Well, I have two kids, so that kind of keeps me active really in general. Um, I run when I can, when my body will let me. I try to ride my Peloton every day. I'm one of those people that bought one during the pandemic and then complained about, you know, shipping and delays as though that was the cross I had to bear during the pandemic. Um, And then the other thing that I really have a passion for doing um, that is active and I'm exhausted when I'm done doing is coaching youth baseball. I just I absolutely I played baseball as a kid. I'm coaching my son's team right now. I'll be coaching my daughter's team this coming spring. Uh, and I think there's nothing better than kids playing baseball. where wow. well, the gospel's the gospel's pretty good. Yeah, that, like, I was gonna
0: say, I was gonna say, yeah. Uh, te- tears a pastor, so preaching the gospel can probably write right. I, we bit. all
1: know that. Like that's just, <laughs> I like, just assume that that is the case for me. But kids on the baseball field just brings me so much
0: joy. And I think we see there just the level of activity, the differences in activity. We'll get into the the part about running and and pelotoning a a, a little bit as we unpack the discussion. I think that there's a great uh, story of adversity in that. I think you can also hear just where Tier is located. It provides a lot of different things. I know I lived in Washington D.C. Tier and I were in seminary together. Uh, lots of great running trails, but. Tier, we love to hear how people are active, but we also love here on the Active Faith podcast to unpack the why. So can you tell us why you are active? I know it's
1: cliché to say it, but um being active is cheaper than therapy. Well, okay, so pre-Obamacare it was, but now that everybody has insurance, it's, you know, and you can, you know, get therapy from your phone um through, you know, whatever apps there are. Like that's pretty good as well. I began I was not active uh, in my early, young adult stages as a kid. I played baseball, basketball, tennis uh, in college, Um, played intramural sports um, whenever they were available. And then I kind of did the adult thing where you get into the grind of working. Right after college, I traveled a lot for the job I had at the time, and being active just wasn't in the cards. And it wasn't until um the pastor I was working for when I first started working in the church um encouraged me just to to start running. Uh I was serving a church right off of the Mount Vernon Trail in Northern Virginia, right parallels Potomac River all the way up into DC. Uh and so it was a great, I had no excuse not to do it. Uh, it was a, a way to get me out of the office. Like a lot of people, I'm a I tend to work more than I should. Um, and so that was a way for me to, to force myself to take a break. And so I went from never running to training for the Richmond half marathon. Uh, I completed the marathon. Um, anybody who's done the Richmond marathon knows how, what a great course it is. Mm -hmm. Um, I've done that race twice now. Um, and so that's how I got into being active and then, you know, staying active again, it really is cheaper, cheaper than therapy. I know a lot of people listen to podcasts and, and music while they run, but personally I, I leave my, most of the time I leave my AirPods at home or my headphones at home and just you know, run and leave the noise behind me mm-hmm. um, where the, the the church I serve. And the home that my family lives in, it's off of a busy road through Northern Virginia. Our home is on an ambulance route. And so while they turn their sirens off before they get to our house, you can hear them coming. So there's just constant, constant noise. And so one of my favorite things to do is when I do run, um, when I'm outside of the house um, being active, is to go to uh, places where there's quiet, which is hard to find around here, Um, if you know where they are. Um, you don't share them with other people because you want them to stay quiet, <laughs> you a bunch of other people. Um, and then the, you know, the upside of being a pastor, you know, this Andrew is that we have like the weirdest work schedule in the world. Yep. We work one day a week, which leaves <laughs> six other days of the week to, uh, I'm, I'm joking people. If you think your pastor works, uh, one day a week, you should be punched in the throat. Um, but, uh, having a flexible work schedule makes it so that I can go to these places when they're not as busy. So I don't have to, I don't have to go to Roosevelt Island on Saturday morning when all of DC is there. I can go on yeah. Monday, Wednesday morning when
0: nobody's there. And I'm the only one in the park. So I would never advocate violence on the active faith podcast. I may just say, maybe have a conversation with your pastor about all the things they do during the week. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But one of the things that I hear within this, and it's something that I've lifted up on this podcast before is this nature of the the therapy, the therapeutic benefits we get from being active, from running, from for you being on the Peloton, from being there with your kids, from all of these things and the way it feeds into the, the mental health that we have and and what that means for us and i love that emphasis on that nature of activity because uh i mean i i'm one who loves to listen to podcasts when i run you know i'll i'll have just a list of running podcasts but i do like you i love those opportunities maybe one day on an easy run where i just take the headphones off and i'm just running i'm listening to nature uh sometimes i'll say i'm listening to god just hearing all the voices in my head and i think there's this way in which uh, when we treat activity, when we treat whatever we do as therapeutic, when we can't do it, there becomes this sense of loss. And I want to, uh, for for vulnerability's sake, you know, Tier posted something <laughs> in our in our active faith community, and that's one of the reasons I asked him to come on. Is this nature in which? tier for you activity, especially over, uh, the last 15 or 20 years has kind of had its ups and downs. Uh, and you've had different ways in which you've had to change your activity, di- different ways in which you've had to transition. I'm sure different times when you haven't been able to be active. And so in that, what is that meant for the way in which running being active has played a role in your life? Uh, and, and why don't you, uh, Give our listeners a little bit of a backstory as you're comfortable into what that journey's been like.
1: Yeah, when I was in college, I was playing intramural basketball my sophomore year. So this would have been uh, – when was that, Andrew? It would have been like somewhere around 2003. Yeah, because I just – it was in January of 2003 because I just started dating my wife. And so this was like the perfect <laughs> time for her to like prove her worthiness as my girlfriend. So I was playing <laughs> basketball. My knee collided with somebody else's knee. And Ooh. as it happened, that person was fine. But my kneecap went to the back of my leg. Oh, gosh. Uh, a couple people threw up. It's the most disgusting thing. One of the most disgusting things I've ever seen. And I have two kids. So I've seen some disgusting things. <laughs> that was injury number one. Reduced it, went to PT. Reducing means putting putting it back into place. Yeah. I went to PT for uh, about three, four months, whatever it was, uh, and then kind of went back to my normal routine. Fast forward um, to uh, playing uh, softball one summer while I was home from school. Uh, I was got myself in the batter's box. I swung. My body rotated, but my leg didn't move because my cleat was caught on a rock on this piece of crap county maintained baseball field and so my um put my patella dislocated again uh, which is not something you want to have on the other knee that time um and then third time a week before i got married i was helping my uncle dig footers in his backyard for this great deck uh, that he was building and my kneecap dislocated again um and so i wasn't active up until you know through really i mean i played like intramurals but like you know, the as an adult, it it wasn't um, wasn't a big deal because I wasn't really active. I was just traveling for work, and then I didn't have. And then I got to sit at a desk for yeah. Um, but now, as someone who is active, um, I have the essentially my orthopedic doctor told me I have the knees of a fifty year old man, and so that I and so his advice to me was to stop running uh, and to start playing golf. And while I like to play golf, I enjoy watching golf. I'm not very good at golf. Um, living where I live, golf is not an option. <laughs> um, anyone who plays golf inside of uh, the, the Beltway is in a different, lives in a different world um, than I do. Um, so, the, I mean, that's kind of where we're at. Um, he suggested that I stop running. I don't know if that's going to happen. I'm supposed to run the Marine Corps Marathon. I was supposed to run it in 2020, deferred it to 2021 thinking yep. the pandemic would be better, and it wasn't. And then it went virtual anyway. So I deferred it to 22, which is this coming year. Um, it, or, and then my other option would be to defer it to 23. If I don't do anything with my registration by 23, I lose it. Yeah. Um, you know, I ran my first marathon in 2019, and I absolutely loved the training part of it. The race itself sucked,
0: Andrew. It was terrible. Was that the year where it was like raining at the start, and then it was like a thousand percent humidity?
1: Yeah. So it rained. I I stood underneath a bridge right outside the Pentagon uh, up until the start. And as soon as it started, I took the, I had plastic bags on my yep. shoes. I was covered in trash bags, and I was soaking wet within the first hundred yards of the race. Um, and then, so it rained all morning. There's a spot in D.C. that goes around a point called Haynes Point. It's where the Potomac River and the Anacostia River come together. um, It's on the other side. On the other side of the river is the um, airport. It's a spot that I use for training runs all all throughout my training. The um, rain was coming in sideways off the river. And then as we went to the Anacostia side of Haynes Point, the water was literally up to my shins Mm -hmm. coming out of the sewers. Yeah. Running through sewer water and then it stopped raining and it was a thousand percent humidity. And when I got done, my, you know, you know what your, your fingers look like after you've been in the bathtub for too long and it's kind of cool. That was my feet for about 36 hours. There was, I couldn't dry them out. Um, yeah, it was, uh, (laughs) I had to, I ended up having to, I had such bad blisters on my feet. I had to essentially run walk the last three miles, which was kind of defeating actually. But my knees held up in that; uh, they did great, um, and I attribute that to trusting the training, finding a training plan, and trusting it. Uh, and then also, um, what I said to someone uh, who posted that she was going to uh, was considering running a, a half marathon was cross training. I think those two things were what saved my knees um, during that particular um, that race. And if if I'm able to do it in 22 or 23, it will be, uh, cross training again, both in the sense of lifting uh, runners don't lift enough. Um, that's if you talk to any runner who's in PT, it's mostly because probably because they didn't lift, um, or because they didn't take care of their, their IT bands. Yeah. Um, like it's just like, kind of like, it's like kind of stupidity. Like we know what's going to happen, but we don't do it anyways. Um, But uh, then also cross training in the sense that like, um, on easy run days, you know, if it's a three mile or just kind of keep the legs loose, consider doing, um, a more intense bike ride Yeah, because it takes the pressure off of like, um, you were talking about in uh, the episode you did with Deborah, uh, Lewis, where so much of your weight is on your ankles and your knees Mm -hmm. and they take such a pounding, especially if you're running on asphalt, no matter, you know, you can wear the most comfiest shoes ever. They're still going to take a pounding. So yeah. for me now it's trying to find the balance between that, um, between continuing to be, to be able to run, but then also knowing that my body, um, God, it sounds like I'm old, but I'm, I'm not even 40 yet. And well, what I'm saying, yeah,
0: no, I, I, I definitely hear that. I, at least tore a little bit of my ACL. I'm like 99% sure when I was in college, it sounds like a fairly similar event. I just didn't dislocate my patella, which is, which mm-hmm. I'm thankful for that. But then a full tear while I was in seminary uh, and and had to end up having surgery. And then now it's not even a strong graph that took place. I definitely, uh, I, I remember when I got my ACL surgery, they do the X-rays of your knees to see, what the arthritis and stuff looks like. And that was the first time I learned about a medical term called knee age, uh, where they, they define your knee age against your current age. And I believe that they said both of my knees, I think I was 24 at the time. They said both of my knees were in their sixties. And I was like, that's, that's really comforting to know. But I think what we hear in that is definitely, whether you are, you know, no matter your level of activity, there's this there, there's this understanding that our bodies are these fine tuned machines and they need these very specific things of care. And also to name that, you know, not everybody is the same in that, you know, mm-hmm. we all have different bodies. We all have different ways in which we can care for our bodies. But I think we all hit that adversity point where. Like we talked about in the episode with Deborah, there's going to be that time where maybe something breaks down and it's going to show something to us. It's going to show us a limitation. And as we talked about in that episode, it's how we respond to that limitation that helps us to move beyond that. Uh, And especially when it's the limitation that causes us not to be able to do something that we love. And so what I'm hearing from you is this nature in which, you know, you love to run. You love to to move in that way. Uh, but you've also in that found this secondary love of cross training, of biking, of lifting and of caring for your body in that way. And so I want to dive into that nature of, again, how we respond to those limitations and how you responded to them and what it's meant for you to maybe have running take a, a secondary uh <laughs> maybe maybe take a back seat to some of these cross training things in order to be able to continue to do something that you've loved you've kind of almost had to say all right i need to put this aside for an extended period of time in order to be able to continue doing it. Uh, because I hear that you, you want to do this Marine Corps marathon again, which uh, from what I hear, that's a fun and also a really challenging marathon uh, because it's not a flat one. That's one of the things that's kind of kept me from doing it, honestly. Um, so what has it been like for running to kind of take a back seat in order to be able to continue to do it?
1: <laughs> it's been uh Trusting the process is really kind of the first thing Um, and holding myself accountable to the process. So only running once a week Mm. at this point. And as soon as I feel in, and so I do rather than doing, you know, kind of an out and back type run. um, I, there's a course I can do, right. That's around our house so that if I do need it, so that if I feel any pain, I shut it down and. Um, at any point when I stop, it's about a quarter mile to a half mile walk home. Mm. So I'm not killing, you know, I'm not killing the entire afternoon having to walk, you know, three or four miles back to my house or get an Uber or things like that. So that's been, um, kind of the big one is trusting the process that you're, that I'm creating for myself. Um, and then two is talking to other people about it. Um, you know, the D.C. area is notorious for being one of the most populated areas in the United States, but then also being one of the most isolating places. I'll use, I'll share an example. When um, pre-pandemic, I worked out when I was cross training for the marathon, I worked out at Orange Theory three days a week. And I loved it. Group exercise, I think it really works for me. Um, it's one of the things that kind of sucks that we're still in the pandemic and you can't really you can. I'm not willing. I'm not at that point yet. Um, but what I noticed was you could be running on a treadmill and you would be less than 18 inches away from somebody. And they could hit a PR or they could work their um, butt off. <laughs> and sorry, I don't know what the ground rules are here. So we'll just go with butt. Um, <laughs> And, you know, you would turn to them, try to do the fist bump, high five, like, great job. You really kicked that thing in the crotch. Like, you did a great job on that. And then, you know, they would look at you like you have three heads. Like, why in the world are you talking to me? Uh, And so for me, it was finding also finding a supportive community that would hold me accountable. Um, So I found that community. um, It's been really great uh, because within that community, there are people who have faced kind of the same physical things Mm. with knees. And so I can bounce ideas off of them and learn from what their experience was. Uh, There are coaches in that group, which are helpful. Um, And, you know, even if you're not a professional runner, consider getting a coach. They'll help you out. Um, And then just knowing that, like, just like a marathon is not a sprint, recovery is not a sprint. Um, There are some things that can't be fixed um, with your body.
0: Don't tell us that that. (laughs) it sucks.
1: Right. My doctor's like, yeah, I could replace your knees, but you're, you're too young for that. So uh, here are some anti-inflammatories. Here's a prescription for PT uh, and just kind of figure out what your limits are. And that's kind of the reality. So then it's finding out what works for you. And then Mm -hmm. again, trusting that process and being willing to adapt it also, you know, knowing that, you know, I had, when I ran my first, mar- when I ran that marathon, I had a plan in my head of how it was going to go. I ran the entire course before the race, not the full marathon, but as I was training, I ran the entire course, except for the part that was on the highway. Didn't do that part, but I knew the course. I, um, I, dr- I drove it, I ran it. And so I knew what was going to happen. But as soon as that rain forecast was there, and then as soon as my, I, was, I was soaking wet, Um, I knew we had, I knew I had to pivot, uh, and I knew I wasn't, one wasn't going to get the time that I wanted to get. Uh, and I wasn't going to have the finish that I wanted to have. Um, and that was fine. Mm -hmm. Right. Not like night. And and I, I'm assuming the, the listeners to this podcast are not professional athletes, right? So like, you're not, you're not running for, Okay. If you are a professional athlete, don't listen to the next. Five <laughs> if you're a pastor and you happen to be running, yeah. if you finish 30 seconds behind what your goal time was, you still did a really good job. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, Jesus is still bored and the world's not going to fall apart. Yeah. Right. So give yourself a little bit of grace. Um, if it gets to the point where it's not fun anymore, like stop doing it.
0: And I mean, I think that any professional runner, would, would tell you that. I mean, you look at uh, some of these elite marathoners, th- they're smart enough to acknowledge, you know, 16, 17, 18 miles into a marathon, uh, yeah, today's not my day, it's not worth yeah. it, and you see more elites step off of a marathon course than you probably see of just the average, you know, m- more of us, you know, uh, hobby joggers or, you know, non-elite runners, we're like, no, I'm going to finish this marathon, you know, no matter what it costs. Whereas an elite will be like, not worth it, you know, and they'll step off at 16, 17 miles and and say, today wasn't my day. You know, I kind of did the same thing in a workout yesterday. I had uh, about a seven mile easy run on my books and I kind of stepped off at five and a half. I was like, ah, today's not my day. I can't do it. I think acknowledging those sorts of uh, things when they happen in our lives is, uh, maybe a show of maturity, maybe a show of growth. You know, we've talked about it here before, listen to your body, listen to what's going on because that's how you're going to know one, what your limits are, but two the best way that you can care for yourself in the midst of those limits as well.
1: And that's where the community thing comes into play because yeah. you have people who know what your body's limitations are. And, you know, if you step off, if, if, if you, if, Um, DNF a race, do not finish a race. Like that can be like a soul crushing thing because for a marathon for like the average marathoner, you've been training for at least eight months. Yeah. So for the Marine Corps marathon, um, I'll start actually training uh, the, the, my training program in may. So from may until the end of October, that has consumed my life every Saturday morning, long run three to four other runs during the week and working out Mm -hmm. very consistently on top of like a diet. Like it's like, And then to have to step off at mile 16 and ride the the, the SAG bus right at the end, which just sucks. (laughs) If you're in D.C., you just jump on Metro and go home. Um, Like that's that's a tough pill to swallow. Um, So having a community around you, whether it is, um, you know, a running club uh, or even um, I'll do a pitch for a church right <laughs> like like having like somebody around you who will acknowledge that you know what you're experiencing sucks but they will jump down into the suck with you yeah right and then they will help you begin to step out of that um so that you can go into your next so that you know uh you can take some time off to let your body heal and then you can take, go on to whatever whatever next maybe it's another race maybe you're going to try that race again or mm-hmm. maybe you're going to go you know I learned I learned enough about my body to know I'm not a marathoner. Maybe I'm a half
0: marathoner. Um, (laughs) Let's go half marathoners.
1: (laughs) You know, half marathons don't get enough. I I don't think get enough respect in the, what you call them? Like the jogger run jogger, the hobby joggers, the hobby (laughs) joggers. Like everybody wants to run a marathon, which is great. Like I've done it. I think it's pretty cool. But, um, you know, 13 miles is like not nothing either. (laughs) Right. It's not.
0: I'd much rather um, spend only two hours with myself than four hours with myself. That's the other thing, right?
1: Is the recovery time afterwards. You can, you can run a half marathon and then go, go to work the next day or run a half marathon. And like, you know, I, when I, I was, I used to be a youth minister. I ran a half marathon on a Sunday morning, Sunday night. I was at youth group, yeah. not missing the beat. I was fine. You run a marathon and you're not, and if you're not an elite runner, you're going to be on your behind for a couple of days recovering. And that's just the reality of it. I mean, remember the first dude who ran a marathon literally fell over and died afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> People have died doing this. Right. So don't feel like you have to do it to like get some like street cred with like, I don't know, for a sticker on the back of your car or something.
0: And, and I think even remembering that, like you said earlier, it's, it's better to, to miss your goal by, you know, a few minutes than it is to maybe wreck yourself in a way that's not caring for yourself. And so I think when we, and you know, here on the Active Faith Podcast, we're building a theology of self-care. We're helping people understand how to care for themselves so that we can care for others, and if something like running a marathon, doing um, doing an Ironman, which is run, swim, and bike, you know, super long. If you're if you're like our guest Evan Taylor, and you have like a, a two hundred mile bike ride in your future, uh, if you're like Deborah and you have a seven mile swim, you know, no matter what, there there are these ultra goals, there are these huge goals that many of us have, and sometimes it may mean admitting, okay, maybe the goal is to finish. And maybe that is the goal in order to care for myself in that process. And so if I toe the line of a marathon and I'm like, I feel great, you know, four hours is my goal. And I start getting in and I see my splits and I'm like, okay, I'm nowhere near four hours. Maybe the graceful thing, maybe the thing that I need to do to care for myself in that moment is say, Okay, I just want to prove to myself that I can finish this race. And I think as I hear your story about Marine Corps and uh, about the 2019 Marine Corps, and as I hear your story about how you're maybe approaching this next training cycle to maybe hopefully get to another marathon or to get to your next running goal, it's transitioning that mindset to say, you know what, the best thing I can do to care for myself is to say, this is my goal for this marathon. And then, even in the midst of doing what we're doing, it may mean transitioning those goals to a more realistic mindset. You know, right now I'm in this training block where I'm trying to hit a 140 half marathon to hopefully at some point in time before I'm 40, hit a 130 half marathon, which is no small feat. And I think in the midst of that, it's going to take naming. Okay, maybe, you know, I have a friend who's like, I just hit a wall at 136 and I just felt like I couldn't do anything beyond that. And so now I'm just like, that's where I am. That's what I'm going to do. Maybe it is being real and honest with ourselves about saying, okay, this is where I am. This is what I can do. And to care for myself and to not like blow up my whole body trying to like achieve something means maybe stop maybe slow down, maybe take it easy, maybe transition my goals and do things like that instead of always trying to push, push, push where, you know, you have a physical limitation that maybe limits how fast you can go in a marathon. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, you know what, and I hear your goal is, I want to run another marathon, And what I loved is in the post that I'm referring to in our active faith community is you know you said that another marathon probably isn't in the cards, but you still have this goal of like, well, maybe I can do it, maybe there's a smart way to do it where it doesn't destroy my knees.
1: yeah, and it's you know again, it's, it's having people around you who will buy into that vision that that idea, so you know, um. My training partners, mm-hmm. um, are my son and my daughter, they ride their bikes and I either keep up with them or they keep up with me, depending on if, if it's great. It really, uh, is like a defeating moment for my eight-year-old son when we're, when I'm running and I pass him going up a hill because he hasn't figured <laughs> out how to use the gears on his bike yet. Like I love it. Um, but it's having people around you who understand your goals, Um, so when I did the marathon, my family, um, God bless them. I wouldn't have done this for them. They, in the pouring rain, my wife dragged two kids, not eight and four. Like, uh, my daughter was like 18 months at the time, dragged her and my five-year-old son through DC jumping on and off Metro to meet me. Um, not even like to give me stuff, which in hindsight, I wish I'd asked them to bring me a change of shoes. That would have been really helpful, (laughs) um, for when it stopped raining. But just, just encouragement um, and having people who are going to encourage you along the way um, during your training and, you know, people who aren't going to always try to jump in and fix it. Because I think that's also part of the problem that we have in the quick fix world that we live in now. Um, we're not willing we don't have the ability to sit and just listen to people. We always have to like, try to jump in and fix stuff. Uh, I know as pastors, we like we struggle with this, right? Someone comes in, they want to talk, they sit in the chair, we're going on and on. I'm like, well, I know how to fix this, which in reality, like I, they have more life experience than I do. I probably actually can't fix their problem, Uh, but I'm going to try, or I could just sit there and shut up and listen and say, yeah, I hear what you're saying. And that sucks. Um, And I think it's the same with adapting goals and having people around you who are going to listen. They're going to say, "Yeah, that sucks." They might push you a little bit because they know you—you have a relationship with them, so that they can tell when like it is a low spot for you or um, (laughs) when you're being lazy. Like that's one of the things I use, like when I'm coaching youth baseball, is being able to differentiate when the kid is struggling. Mm-hmm. Or when the kid is just being lazy, and being able to not, um, being able to coach somebody up to realize their full potential versus, um, and there are times when you just got to go sit on the bench with someone. Um, you know, Jesus left the ninety nine for the one, right? Yep. If, if we really believe that church, like, you know, we 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 take time out from practice whether it's with. Um, a running team or with my kids baseball team. And you go sit on the bench, you go sit in the grass with the person who's really struggling that day um, because we hope they're going to do it for us. And so that's where I'm at now with my legs. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give it a go. Um, Maybe for 22, I have to make a decision relatively soon. Um, Probably before this airs, I would imagine I have an email somewhere. I'm supposed to click something and make a decision. I don't know what I'm going to do yet. Uh, and and I don't know what the pandemic is going to allow me to do. Yeah, that's that's the other thing in this is there are so many unknowns that we that get thrown at us. Um, and I don't want to make this about the pandemic because it is what it is at this point. But but one of the great things about running I have found is that it's one of the most adaptable things you can do cycling is a little difficult cuz you there are mechanical things that can happen that you have no control over um you got to worry about getting hit by cars runners who aren't paying attention um, on trails <laughs> that's <laughs> happened before um or but but running you know it, it really is it's a, it's a pair of shoes pair of good fitting shoes that you re, you replace every 300 to 500 miles <laughs> uh, at least hopefully once a year you're you're switching those bad boys out uh, I prefer. Ho- I was a Brooks guy. Now I'm a Hoka guy. Okay. Okay, it's just a, oh
0: it, no. <laughs> it,
1: it depends on what where you're at. It depends on where your knees are at. Um, I'm wearing my my Hoka's right now. There you go. Um, you know, because I'm at that age now where I wear athletic shoes instead of casual shoes. But all that to say is, you know, just it, it, being adaptable. You know, and running gives you. For me, running gave me that 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 ability to to adapt quickly to what was happening in my life and what's happening now. I will say, though, I will say that uh, you mentioned someone doing an Ironman. That is still on my list. I don't think it'll ever be a full Ironman because I'm just <laughs> – who's got that
0: kind of time? Who's got nine hours to spend?
1: <laughs> right? And then training? like That Oof. just sounds terrible. But like maybe a half or one of the shorter um, events would be fun. But the, one of the things I will say, another thing I'd say for people who are looking for ways to adapt and like when training sucks or you get hurt and can't do the whole thing is a lot of races. You know, if you sign up to do a marathon, a lot of races you'll get. You know, you'll go to registration. You can usually step down and do something else. You can usually step down and do it for a marathon. For the Marine Corps Marathon, for example, you can step down from the full marathon to a 10k or or a 5k. Mm-hmm. For the Richmond full, you can always. I have a funny story about the Richmond full. I'll tell you that in a minute.
0: Uh, the <laughs> Richmond
1: full, you can go down to the half or down to an eight k or something. Yeah. 8K. Um, yeah. You can always, you can always go down and you can still, you know, I feel, I know a lot of people, let me tell you something. Your race registration is not worth hurting yourself. And that's one of the things I keep telling myself is I'm going to be out quite a bit of money. Okay. For me, what I would consider quite a bit of money for a marathon registration. Um, but that's cheaper than the co-pays that are going to follow for physical therapy, um, and then you know all the Advil that you have to buy afterwards.
0: And I know for Richmond, if you step down, it's only like a fifteen dollar charge to step down. I know, st- like if you go up, they make you pay the difference in in registration yeah. plus the transfer fee. Um, but but yeah, I mean, I love that that nature of both the community of, of naming where you are, of, of knowing your body, you know, when it, I mean, when it comes to community, it's, it's recognizing and naming all of those who are around you, whether it, it is like a group of people, you know, I know a lot of people um, in our group, or I know a, a number of people in our group who do orange theory and they love those groups. Like, you Oh mentioned. man, it's, um, it's a cult. It <laughs> is a
1: freaking cult. And I tell you, I tell you what, man, the church could learn something from th- I'll get on my soapbox for a minute. I, that is a soapbox right there behind me. <laughs> I will jump on that thing. I'll tell you, the church can learn something from CrossFit and places like Orange Theory. Um, those those people know how to form community quickly. They know how to give people an identity within that community um, and get them connected, man, in and, and a way that I think the church strives to do, and we just can't seem to figure it out maybe that's a conversation for another
0: (laughs) (laughs) well and even this idea of a coach you know having someone having someone in your corner um you know i know i recently just got a running coach who's helping me to hit my goals you know whatever your goals are there are people out there whether your goal is to i mean just Finish. There are coaches out there, whether your goal is to, to come in with some sort of time goal. I mean, there are coaches out there who can help you. I mean, I'm in the process of trying to become a coach myself. And so, I mean, there's all those kinds of things that go into that. Um, Other groups, you know, whether it's run groups, cycling groups, we've heard the benefits of those community, your church community, whether it's just someone who can lift you up and support you, who you can have a conversation with, therapist, you know, for those of you who are pastors in the Virginia Conference, uh, if you are on the conference's healthcare system, your behavioral health is $0 copay If you use a therapist who is in network, that means you pay nothing at all for any sort of talk therapy or anything like that. I mean, there are those kinds of things uh, where if we use the systems that are in play, uh, there are ways in which we can care for ourselves and and help to make sure that we're cared for in whatever form or manner uh, that we're trying to practice self-care in as we build this theology in our lives. And, and I mean, to lift those up and to, to, I think the one, the one other thing that you mentioned in there that I just continue to lift up over and over again, and you talked about it in race transfers and all of this stuff and whatever decision you make with Marine Corps is give yourself grace, right? Give yourself grace, right? God gives us grace every single day, every moment of every day. You know, uh, I'm a United Methodist pastor, tears, United Methodist pastor. Most of the pastors I've had on here have been United Methodist. But in the Methodist church, we we believe in, in God's grace in a provenient manner, that God's grace is present even before we know it. And if we're going to be a body and a people who truly believe that God's grace is there before we know it, then we have to carry that into the rest of our lives and to know that God is caring for us. And that in itself is enough of an excuse to care for ourselves and to offer ourselves grace. And so if it means I mean, sometimes it might mean cutting a run short. And then and then like you, Tier, like walking that quarter of a mile back, just beating ourselves up like, oh, I did this, I did that. And then putting it out of our minds and saying, you know what? All right, I got in what I could get in. And this was an opportunity to care for myself. Or sometimes it means saying like, I can't run Marine Corps this year. Or <laughs> I've got to step from the Richmond half to the Richmond 8K. and And just to say, you know, I've had a couple of times where it's like, Uh, I just can't run this race because I'm injured and which means Mm -hmm. I'm out like 35 or 40 bucks. But you know, it's just like I can't run this race. Um, I can't do it physically, and I've gotta be graceful enough in that in order to to admit that to myself and you know, admit that Mm -hmm. in the grand scheme of things. Uh so I think giving ourselves grace in that when life throws us a bit of a curveball. Yeah.
1: I tell you, there was a it was when I was in the early stages of, the, of my of marathon training. I did this run and um, ran from my house down to like the Iwo Jima Memorial, which is beautiful down along Arlington into DC. And I'm coming back, and I got I get to Iwo Jima, and like my IT band just like starts locking up, and I'm like, this is done. Du- I'm I'm not going to make it back home, so I stop at Iwo Jima, stretch for a little bit. And then I call an Uber because I'm like eight miles from my house. Like, I'm not walking this. My wife's, the, you know, the kid's asleep. She's not coming to get me. So I call an Uber. Uh, and, and the guy goes, you know, the guy picks me up. And um, you're doing like the small talk with the Uber driver. Um, and he goes, so how was your run? I was like, ah, today, it wasn't a good one. You're, you're picking me up about eight miles uh, closer. You know, I'm eight miles from where I want to be or four miles from where I want to be. Uh, and he goes, well, you know, man, this guy I've never met before. He goes, they're not all going to be great. Just put your shoes on next time and try again. And I was like, damn dude. Like, thank you. Like you ministered <laughs> to me in that moment. Like you, have, like you have no idea how right you are, how much I didn't want to hear what you had to say. But, and then on the flip side, like, I'm going to carry that with me. Um, you know, on my next, on my, on my next attempt at, at, at going down the trail.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think I've mentioned it before. Uh, One of the things that I've learned from another podcast is, is if we believe in the law of average averages, then half of our runs are bound to be below average. Right. Um,
1: And like, you're not going to be a freaking Olymp. There was a woman, her name's Molly. Molly Seidel. So Molly qualified for the Olympics in the freaking marathon on like her first First time ever running a marathon. Yeah. Right. Like y'all like, just it, take that for a moment. Like if, like, if 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 this woman who's a professional runner ran one marathon and then qualified for the Olympics, like, okay, like one, you can do anything you want to do. Mm-hmm. It's just you have to know the limits and uh, of your body. She knew how to push her body. She knew how to train. She had a team around her, obviously, that yeah. helped her train to run a marathon after ever, you know never running a marathon and then you know going to the Olympics or whatever. Um, I remember watching that, Andrew. And I'm sitting there watching TV. I'm the weird person who watches Iron Man and marathons on TV. Don't like, worry, I I'm weird it. with you. <laughs> like, I love every year NBC does like a Iron Man like special. I watch it every year. Love it. Yep. Um, but I remember watching that and I said to my wife, like that woman's insane. Like imagine the genes that she has to be able to do that. Um, but like, that, I mean, that's God given talent. And, and, and so God has given you talents as well. And, um, and so use them. So you know yeah. you're, 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 we're all not gonna be Molly. Yeah. We're all
0: not and, gonna be um and I will who? remind folks in case Molly Seidel is listening. I don't think she actually listens. Oh but dude,
1: what if she was? Well, that
0: would be awesome. Um, but it You know, Molly was a uh, national track athlete when she was in high school and college. So it's not like she's just like dropping in, but I think it does go to show that, you know, when we put in the training, there are amazing things that we can do. Um, You know, Molly is a great example. I mean, another great example is, is Kira D'Amato who, uh, broke the American record in the marathon at the Houston marathon, uh, about a week and a half ago now. Um, uh, you know, a, a, a mom of two in her, in her late thirties. And I mean, Sarah Hall doing the same thing in the half marathon in the, in the same, in the same race is we have these examples of people, you know, when, when they find ways to care for themselves, you know, Kira took A decade off of running uh, and then comes back in. She took that time to care for herself, to admit the ways in which she needed to grow and then comes back in and is just doing awesome, rocking and amazing things. You know, when we look at Molly and the things that she went through, uh, you know, I mentioned it back in our episode with Ashley Oliver, the eating disorders, recovering and, and being in the process of recovery from that. You know, I think over and over, we continue to see that even in these elite athletes who are doing amazing things, it doesn't come at the expense of just like destroying yourself. It comes at the benefit of caring for yourself. And they're able to do these amazing things because they have. And yes, they have like so much more time to care for themselves in in these physical activity ways. Uh, You know, they've got their paid to run. That's that's true. And we have to navigate the courses of life. And even in a profession that has flexible hours, like being a minister, you know, I know. <laughs> one Tira, day a week. Yeah. One, a, a, but for Tier and I, you know, I have to find times to run both that fit my pastor schedule, that fit my dad's schedule, that fit my every other thing in life schedule. Um, and I think when we look at those kinds of things, it's how we care for ourselves in all of those different areas that begins to bring together this puzzle for us. And I mean, that's the thing that I take because I do. I mean, I sat there. um, Let's see. Can I admit this on a podcast that my church members might listen to? So I was in church and I was literally watching Kira D'Amato run the Houston Marathon um, while I may or may not have been in the pulpit on a Sunday morning to watch because I'm just like, this is great. Like, this is awesome and amazing things that are happening. Um, As I'm watching the Olympic marathon, as I watch someone like Elliot Kipchoge just do all the amazing things, you know, he talks about just pushing through the bounds of physical human limitations and he names, it's like, no, I am someone who's able to do it because of what, because of how I've been able to care for myself. Um, These are the kinds of lessons that we learn from these elite athletes. You know, I I hope and wish uh, I sent Kiera D'Amato a message. Maybe, maybe I'll be able to get her on the podcast one of these days to come in and talk about this journey. Um, we, uh, we, when, when I lived in Chesterfield, she lived in, she lives in, 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 in the Richmond area. We were only a little bit away from each other. So we were in the same running community, you know, maybe we'll see, hopefully. Um, but, but let's move ourselves here Tier, into these end of podcast questions and wrap up our time here today. Uh, so Tier, what is something you have done that has made you feel accomplished? Oh, golly.
1: Um, right now I feel most accomplished. Um, oh gosh, Andrew, this is a tough one.
0: They're not like the ones y'all use on crackers and grapes. Oh man. Like,
1: are you going (laughs) to edit this down? So I sound much more (laughs) like this is a well thought out answer. I guess I, I feel most accomplished is gonna be really cheesy. I feel most accomplished right now, um, because my kids are good people. Um, that's like a total dad cop-out answer, but it really is because that's really been my focus for the last two years with the pandemic is, um, uh, keeping them level, keeping them focused on, um, being good people. Right. Um, you know, my son, uh, will hold the door for people. I don't have to tell him to do it. My daughter who's four years old uses her manners. Like that's, that's all a parent wants. They enjoy being around each other. You have kids like you get it. Like, (laughs) like, it's like, all right, I haven't effed this up too bad.
0: (laughs) Oh, man. I mean, and I I love this question because we get answers like that, that there's so much that goes into us because we remember that a part of self-care is that sense of accomplishment and feeling Mm -hmm. like we've done something. Um, Who do you go to? And I've added this. Who do you go to aside from God uh, when life gets tough?
1: (laughs) Um, I go to, uh, my, my first person I always go to is my wife. Um, cause she's usually in the thick of it with me and it, she usually knows something's wrong before I realize something's wrong. Um, and then the, the second part is my mom. Um, I, I look, I think back on the kind of the journey we've taken as a family, you know, it grew up with a lot of adversity. Um, and you know, she made sure we got through it my, I have three siblings. I'm the oldest of four. Um, so making sure we got through that and we're kind of well-adjusted adults. Um, so those, those are the, the two places I go.
0: And then aside from physical activity, what are other <laughs> ways that you practice self-care?
1: Well, um, let's see. I, I, let's see. I observe a Sabbath. Typically, that's either Saturday or Monday, depending on what's happening in the life of my congregation. It's not a one day a week, every week. It changes because my life uh, is rapidly changing. And I think that um, if I'm being honest with myself, and I think if more people were honest with themselves, they'd get to that point. Uh, So I observe a Sabbath. Um, Like Dwayne the Rock Johnson, I give myself a cheat day (laughs) on my food. I don't, you know, I don't eat you know, a whole loaf of bread made out, you know, in French toast. Cause I absolutely, I think French toast is the worst breakfast food on the planet second to cottage cheese. Um, Mm. but, uh, yeah. So cheat meal or chart cheat day. I just go for the whole day, like just get it in. Um, and then, so that, that, uh, and then I try to read books that are not related to my work, uh, at the church or my work with crackers and grape juice. Uh, that's a lot of theology and a lot of like stuff that is super high. Uh, yeah. and so I've started reading mystery novels, Ooh. um, which are pretty good so far. Well, I'm, okay. I say started. I, I'm on my first one.
0: Yeah. I, I, I too struggle with reading things that aren't necessarily work related or theology depth of theology. I, uh kind of it's taken me a while i've been trying to read david bentley's hearts uh that all shall be saved and uh it's a great book but i find myself like when i'm reading it at home i'm like gosh this i just don't feel like i'm taking a break from work sometimes so no like that's the thing like i've had to i've had to mix in uh so i've i've been spending i started that all shall be saved and dune at the same time and i haven't finished either one of them because i just keep on stopping and starting both of them <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, well, thank you so much for joining us, Tier. You know, yeah, thanks I'll make for having sure. me. And then uh, I will also put up. You know, Tier is uh, another uh, uh, fellow podcast host himself. Uh, we've mentioned it now a couple of times here in the past few minutes. He's got a host with some of his buddies in the in the pastoring world, crackers and grape juice. Uh, and so, uh, if I can, uh, promote that real quick for you, I'll make sure that a link link to that podcast is in the podcast notes today as well. And, and all of Tier's socials are in there and are in there too. Uh, and then, uh, as always, tier is in our active faith community, uh, helping to support and encourage one another. So, uh, tier, thank you so much for coming on. It's been a joy to have you on. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for having me on everyone. Stay hydrated, stay hydrated with Noon. With noon. <laughs> Backstory Tier and I are both noon ambassadors. This is not a paid ad of any kind. Oh, uh, what if
1: it was, though? That would oh, be awesome. Oh, man,
0: that'd be great. <laughs> but yes, yeah, stay hydrated. Thank you so much, Tier. All right. Oh, wow. Yes, it was so great to hear that story from Tier, to hear his journey, to hear what he has been through because I think many of us can relate when we feel like we have something that stands in the way. Just like we talked with Deborah last week with her injury stint and all the stuff that she's been through, I think many of us can relate to Tear and what Tear is going through when something just seems to be an impediment. And sometimes it is about finding a way to grow through that limitation that helps us to Uh, care for ourselves that much more. And you heard that even though Tyr has these problems with his knee, that he still finds a way for himself to achieve goals that he wants to achieve. Sometimes it means... Being adaptive and doing things a little bit differently when life throws us those curveballs and being able to continue to say, you know, you heard Tier say, I still want to run a marathon, but I know that it's going to be different in how I get ready for it. I mean, you heard Tyr runs once a week and has aspirations to again someday run 26.2 miles. Uh, there are not a lot of people that are doing that, but it is so cool to see the way that he is allowing his passion to drive the way in which he is physically active, but he's also not hes also not creating an environment where his physical activity is to the detriment of his own self-care. And so there's that, there's that balance of how we do those two things when we're building this theology of self-care, and we know that physical activity is going to play a role, but we do not want it... To be a detriment to the way that we care for ourselves, we want it to be something that adds to the way that we care for ourselves. So, what are those ways that you are caring for yourself while being active? And when life throws us a curveball, like it did for Tear. <laughs> What are those ways in which we are adapting the way we are physically active so that we can still hit those goals, hit those goals and do what we want to do. So I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I enjoyed it. It was so great to record with Tier. It was so great to have Tear on. Um, I don't know about you all. I am just, I'm having so much fun doing this, bringing you these stories. I've got a bunch of stories on tap coming up here as we finish the month of January This episode is coming out. It's coming out on the 26th, and in the next like three weeks, I've got like five or six interviews that I have scheduled uh, on the books, uh, getting people on here, telling their stories, and I'm having so much fun sharing these stories. You know, I want to thank you for joining in the conversation. Again, every Wednesday, I share in our Active Faith community the episode that so that we can have community conversation about what stood out to you in this episode. I invite you to go over to our Facebook community join the facebook community uh take take an opportunity to share your thoughts about what stood out to you in this episode with Tier. what maybe has stood out to you in other episodes that that have been released don't forget to check out the show notes uh join us on facebook on instagram join us in the community i would be forever grateful if you would follow or subscribe to this podcast find us on your favorite listening platform uh, use the link that is on our Facebook or Instagram page to find us, you can find us on Apple, you can find us on Spotify, on Google uh, you can just go straight to our webpage and listen to the podcast there, and you know what, if you are feeling really generous and you want to help us to get the word out, uh, one of the things that you can do is leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, just head on over there, you know, let us know what you're enjoying about the podcast uh, you can even let us know if there's something that you'd like to see as we continue to, as I continue to learn and as I continue to grow as a podcast host. You know, I'm 10 episodes into hosting a podcast, so I'm still uh, very much knowing that I have a lot to learn. And then uh, if you would just share, share with others. Uh, if you're on Facebook or Instagram, there is that share button. You can share it to your Instagram stories, you can share it to your Facebook page. Uh, you can repost our our Instagram on your own Instagram, uh, tag Active Faith Pod on either one of those. Let us know that you are enjoying the podcast and share it with your friends and invite them to listen. That would be so amazing. As I hope to continue to grow this community and grow the way in which we care for ourselves. So now may God bless each of us and may we find ways to stay active in and for God's kingdom. Amen.